episode of We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have lost 145 pounds by tracking calories and tracking my steps. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I've lost a measly 100 pounds. (laughs) Also by tracking my calories and tracking my steps. And uh, we have a little organization, I'm going to call it, called We Only Look Thin. And together we form We Only Look Thin. We did. We formed it. We formed it with their legal documents. I was about to make the Voltron reference again and then remembered I'd already done that a few episodes ago. You know, we've done everything before. (laughs) This is all just hash and rehash and uh, that's okay. That's fine. Could we do Transformers? Form of, oh no, it's the Wonder Twins. Form of We Only Look Thin. Yeah, and I'm an icy bucket of water for some reason. Yeah, you're icy. (laughs) Yeah. um, So today happens to be spring forward day in the northern hemisphere Uh, we have lost an hour and uh, we're bitter about it oh yeah (laughs) no no any anytime my weekend is an hour shorter that's not a good thing what if we recorded this episode in that hour and so this was all you got because that was it was like recorded in the hour, but the hour disappears. Time is a human construct. It yeah. doesn't work. Weight is a human construct. <laughs> as, as you said earlier today, time is a human construct, but you still have to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Our daughter always tries to come at us with, uh, you know, the knowledge of a 15-year-old and just do your homework. I don't care. You still yeah. have to... Always looking for loopholes. Yeah. You know what? On uh, on Mars, I would only wait. Whatever. You still you still have to count your calories. You still got to do it. Actually, you get to count your calories. Yes, you sure do. It is a privilege and an honor to count your calories. But it actually is because there's no mystery to it. If I eat a lot of food, I gain weight. That is true. Mystery solved. <laughs> Sherlock so, weight loss. Sherlock weight loss. So... We are going to do another episode focused on the amazing Facebook accountability group, Lose Weight, Eat Pizza. Yeah, it's only been sort of a recent discovery for us. Uh, Been around for a while, but they invited us a a few weeks ago to do an Ask Me Anything. Yeah, and and, we uh, we, uh, we did it. And it was great. It was. Uh, So again, we want to thank Anna and Jesse from Lose Weight, Eat Pizza for opening up their community for us. Uh, We got so many different questions. So we are going to go through and as we can sort of answer as many of them as we can. We didn't get to answer all of them on the, uh, the AMA. But we kind of have clustered three together today that sort of tie into each other, into a mega Voltron uh, Whoa, another Voltron see, reference, two in one episode. We need to come up with new shows that we watched as a kid. I can know. We, can we make it about Inspector Gadget for yeah, some reason? Our daughter loves the new version of Voltron that was uh, that was out recently, too, on uh, she Netflix. She sure does. Yeah. Everything old is new again, just like the acid-washed pants I've seen at Target, which oh are my not God, acceptable. Please. No, that's not that's not really happening, really. Yeah, it is. I no. took pictures. No, Acid Watch was a terrible even idea at the, the time, first time. Even oh at the God, time. Oh my God, it was awful the first time. Yeah, I think I actually remember saying, this will never come back, and that's good news for us. And, and here it is. And this is coming from somebody who thought that in the 80s that Zeke Cavaricci was the height of cool. <laughs> I like, never got that far. I that was an East Coast thing. I still thought that acid wash jeans were a terrible idea the first time. So well, let's let's not bring that back. There's a condo across the street from our house that th- some some cool fly kids lived there 
Yeah. And I think they Instagrammed and TikToked things. They always oh, had crazy lighting setups. They were, they were TikToking the heck out of it. They actually did choreographed dance moves in the middle of the street at one point. I thought I was taking crazy pills. Like, <laughs> But they they all wore, I mean, they all looked you know, like young fit people who look fit there were overalls as far as the eye can see overalls giant sweatshirts that seven people could fit in and as someone who struggled with her weight her entire life seeing very slender people wearing big baggy clothing oh was always a great offense to me because i wore yeah (laughs) i wore baggy clothing because i was ashamed of you need to wear nothing but lycra if you are fit you understand me (laughs) (laughs) come on but anyway but they would wear giant scrunchies which are back giant pants giant sweatshirts they'd be popping and locking in the street getting popping and locking and ticking and and talking talking. (laughs) be like get jobs i don't know what you people are doing but get real jobs (laughs) we're so cranky and old i am very cranky and old anyway bringing it back around to the serious business of uh, weight loss and fitness uh you know we've mentioned before it's a lot easier for us to talk we are talkers in case you couldn't tell uh it's a lot easier for us to answer the questions verbally than it is to uh we come up with our own competing channel called tick talk where we, where we just <laughs> we just talk about things and i like how you pronounce talk talk <laughs> TikTok. It's like talking. TikTok. Yes. Exactly. Where we just talk about things, <laughs> and there's 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 no limit on the I length think of that's the videos. Just called it's called NPR. It's called YouTube. Yeah. It's called a. Po- it's called our podcast, yeah. which we're already doing right now. Um. Anyway, we uh, we, we have call these this questions. TikTok. TikTok. Okay. Very good. Um. I'll change the title. Uh. We were going to call it Final Destination, but maybe we'll uh, we'll switch that up. Um. And anyway, so we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into three very related questions, which uh, we will read to you thusly. Yes, and they're from Mary, Maria, and Caroline in the Lose Weight Eat Pizza group. We're not including last names. We're protecting identities of people. We sure are. Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) Um, So Mary says, uh, do you have any advice for deciding when you've hit your goal weight? I'm about 5 to 10 pounds away from my ultimate goal weight. Sorry, I don't know why I wanted to read it that way. After changing it a few times over the course of losing, how do you know when you've done enough? And then Maria asks, I'm two pounds away from my goal, so I'm supposed to go into maintenance soon. But the thought of not eating at a deficit or not trying to lose more weight makes me anxious. Did you ever deal with that? Yeah. Um, sure did. And then Caroline says, once you've got to a point where you've done okay and you've been doing it for a while, how do you keep the momentum going? I find myself struggling to start on that final push. It sounds like very extreme movies that involved arm wrestling yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah, exactly. Or um, uh, not getting on a plane that explodes and then <laughs> death comes after you. I don't know why I am like feel like I have to say things in a minute menacing tone. I don't know. It, it's very dramatic. It's I like fun. It. Yeah, it's fun. So all of these sort of have to do with being at the the end. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's no end. There, I just said the beginning. Spoiler the, alert. There's no end. Uh, but all of these sort of have to do with thinking that you're sort of at the end of your journey. You've got it figured out. And I think Donald and I first want to talk about sort of what we thought maintenance was back in the before time. Yeah. And then what it actually is, which is 
very different. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about, um, at least for me, how I decided on a calorie count. And I started at a very high calorie count. I just, uh, we did a very recent uh, last week. The, fact, the last uh, episode. The last episode uh, about how we decided on our calorie count. I just, I figured out how many calories I was eating, just to give you the short version of it. Um, I figured out how many calories I was eating, and then I just reduced that by around, you know, 10, 15%. And then anytime I would hit a plateau, which I defined as three weeks without the scale moving, I would then reduce my calories even more. And so that recaps the last episode. So now you don't have to go back and listen to it. It's Such, basically, I just told you the whole thing. That buys back the hour we lost for I know. daylight saving it time. It really does. So uh, what I thought maintenance would be, would be I would then add calories back into my diet. You know, I would, you know, do like 100 a day or 200 a day until I started to gain weight again. And then I would figure out where I could uh, I could sit on the calorie uh, count scale. And it turned out that is not what happened. No, I was interviewed on the Half Size Me podcast when I had lost about 60 pounds. Uh, I think it was episode... 250 or something like that. Sure. Sure. Uh, look around there. There, there it is. But I remember talking to Heather, the host about it. And she, she asked what maintenance would look like for me. And I was like, and I said the same thing. I was like, well, I'll probably just add a teaspoon of oil to my diet during the day, <laughs> you know, as you do. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that I would just sort of slowly add back a couple of hundred calories and then that would be it. And I would be fixed or something. Yeah. And I think fixed is a very dangerous word because I have never been fixed uh, no. either, neither on the scale nor in my mindset. It is a constant uh, evolution and a constant sort of, you know, there's no cruise control to any of this. It is a an ever-changing landscape of maintenance. Yeah. And I don't know how this works. I don't understand it. It feels like some sort of cruel joke that science is playing <laughs> upon us. But I ended up at my my lowest calorie uh, goal was 2,000 calories a day. And when I hit my goal weight finally, I basically had to stay at 2,000 calories a day. And I know some people out there are like, 2,000 calories must be nice. But I'm sorry, ladies, but men can typically eat more than women. Um, it's just one of those other cruel, unfair things that science has uh, come up with. But I have managed to stay around 2,000 calories a day, and that is essentially my my maintenance. So I'm basically still hitting 2,000 calories a day and still doing the 20,000 step goal a day, and that is essentially how I maintain my weight. Yeah, and I think, you know, going to Mary's question, how do you know when you've done enough with a goal weight? When we're looking at that, and I, I think just sort of going back, Donald had said his initial goal weight was 170, and then he sort of kept going after that. Yeah, I don't I don't typically like to throw out numbers because some people's 170 is, right, their, is goal their goal weight. weight. Yeah, and um, you know, different weights uh, fit differently on different people. But I'm uh, I'm fairly short uh, at five foot six, and. So I had originally, you know, I started at, look, I'll just say the numbers. I started at 250 pounds um, and I set a ridiculous goal, which I, you know, I'm saying ridiculous in air quotes because I thought there was no way I was ever going to reach it at the time of 170, which was 70 pounds lost in case you're uh, uh, 
counting, or 80 pounds lost, sorry, in case you're counting. And um, I thought I would never hit that. And then when that became realistic, I decided to drop that to 150. Um, and when I managed to get down there, I thought for a long time that I needed to lose another 10 pounds. I wanted to see what 140 looked like. And I pushed and pushed and pushed for a very long time and just could never quite, you know, I could get down to 145 if I was really, really working hard. And then I would just never get below that no matter how hard I worked. And so what I ended up doing was just kind of deciding that I was there after like a year of trying to like push and push and push. He was in maintenance, but still didn't think of himself in maintenance because he was still trying to kind of make that push to get down a little bit more. And I think the, the, the lesson here with how do you know when you've done enough, that can change. There is no finish line. We did an episode called There's No Finish Line. There's no point at which you say like, that's it. I'm fixed. I know what I'm doing. So back in about 2003, I was about 300 pounds. I lost down to about 180 pounds and then regained up to 250 pounds. So I've zigzagged up and down the scale a little bit. So <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. So in the last five years, uh, when I started this, I was 250 pounds. So I technically had maintained a 50-pound weight loss. But when I made this final push, I had lost – I'd gone from 250 down to 200, which was – P.S. Your push is not final. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 you know, was like, oh, could I get down under 200 pounds and be back in Wonderland? Yeah. Um, and then I hit 180 and was thinking, okay, I hadn't been this low in a really long time. Then 170. Okay. That was, you know, back in 1998. Maybe I weighed that, but I kind of got to the point. I, I saw my physician and he had said, you know, you don't really need to lose any more weight. That was back. I was about 165 at that point, but I still felt like I could lose a little bit more. So I made a decision sort of in that point of how do you know when you've done enough? I decided that whatever I weighed on June 2nd of that year would be my goal weight for the time. That was based on a, uh, you know, a weekend away. It was Memorial Day weekend. So I decided that whatever I weighed that next Monday would be my goal weight. It was an arbitrary choice. I think we can get into that point of how do we know when we've lost enough weight? What is the final goal? And for me, it was just kind of, you know, I could keep losing, but I thought it was maybe healthier for me to just pick a date and then make that my goal weight. I think you bring up many excellent points, which I would <laughs> like I would like to get to. But um, the first one uh, that I will touch on is that I thought that I would hit a specific number. Like I thought I would pick a a, a weight, yeah. and then I would just stay at that exact number, <laughs> as if like it's possible to just right, be like you know or... be like a hundred and four point two pounds, like whatever, and just stay there forever. And what the reality of it is, is that I have a goal weight range. And I think that sounds scary to people. That would have sounded scary to me a long time ago. But I stay within about a seven pound range. Like I go up and down within that range. And when I, you know, it's kind of weird to say when I start getting to the top of that range, I maybe buckle down a little harder and I it's it's sort of a way to reel myself back in like when I know I'm getting a little bit out of control and 
when I'm at the bottom of that range, I think that unfortunately I tend to like loosen up a little bit yeah. too. So it's this weird kind of, uh, it, it's a good system and also a little bit of a catch 22 to where I'm like, oh, well, I'm at the bottom of the range so I can indulge a little more often. And then I start creeping back up the range and I'm like, oh, I need to indulge a little less. Well, and that's the thing. When I hit that June 2nd goal weight, I continued to lose. I lost about another eight pounds from there. But as the seasons of your life change uh, so are the days of our lives <laughs> um but depending on the season of your life work the actual seasons holidays family work stress all these different things your goal can kind of change from that and like i had said about sort of it not being a fixed point or what donald said i don't know who says what we yeah, just talk we're, a lot. we're basically one person yeah at this point but for me, my weight changes, and this kind of ties into Maria's question about the thought of not eating at a deficit is scary. I have a secret for you, Maria. <laughs> um, Come closer to your to your yeah, podcast. I'm device. only telling you. Um, yeah. I have eaten at a deficit probably eighty percent of the time that I've been maintaining. So it's not this magical one tablespoon of oil a yeah. day gets the you know the weight where it needs to be. For example, we go on a holiday. That is what they call it in the United Kingdom. We whoa, whoa, holiday. we're going international. <laughs> we have friends in the UK. Yeah, they also call it takeaway instead yeah. Ooh, of uh, takeout. It sounds yeah. so much fancier. I know. Um, but say I go a month at eating a deficit. And then I go on vacation and I gain five pounds because of many pancakes. Mm. Then for a month or so, I kind of eat at a deficit with this a couple of maintenance days. Based on a true story. Based on a true story. <laughs> but then I'll, you know, get back into the uh, the fall. Our daughter's back at school. We're walking her to school. I'm getting in more steps. I'm losing some weight. And then the holidays come around. Merry Christmas, everyone. And then oh, I'm yeah. up on the scale five pounds. So like Donald said, it's sort of these waves of eating at a deficit and then eating at maintenance or going a week. Like even right now, I'll eat at a deficit five, six days a week and then we'll get pizza and then I'll eat way over my calories and then I'll be up on the scale a pound or two and then I'll go back into a, a cycle of eating at a deficit. So there's no like fixed number, like Donald said, I am kind of in a four to five pound range yeah. of my goal. And so hitting that like, oh, I'm two pounds away from being done, that doesn't exist for me because the like with the seasons, with COVID, with stress, with delicious food that tastes delicious, my number goes up and down a little bit within a range. Like Donald said, when I get up to that higher end of the range and my pants are fitting more st snugly, as they say, <laughs> um, then I know that it's kind of time to eat more at a deficit. There are certain times when I feel ready to make that next leap of going, huh, do I really want to be at this number or do I want to feel better at that lower end of the range? And I think that that is a good segue into one of the big overarching points that I wanted to make that there really is no finish. Yeah. There is no final push and there is no finish line. And it might sound, I've said it many, many times on this podcast, but it might sound crazy, but every once in a while, something comes along in my life that hits me and it really makes an impact. And 
when I first got my diabetes diagnosis and I heard within a very short time after that, Catherine tell me that there is no finish line, it was such a huge revelation to me. I had always spent my life thinking of I would go on a diet for a while, I would get to a goal weight, and I would be done. And then I would finish. And that was the absolute worst way to think about it. And it wasn't until I really thought about how there is no finish line that I need to come up with a lifestyle and I need to come up with a plan that is going to allow me to maintain a weight for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to keep doing this work forever. And I know that seems really daunting, but it was also really freeing. There, there wasn't like a, there wasn't like some white knuckle horrible plan I had to go on for a while. I had to develop a lifestyle that was going to be sustainable. I had to come up with a way to make this a lifelong goal. And that's what we did. That's what I did. That's what Catherine did. And it has, you know, been magical and literally life changing. Yeah. And I think too, the, like looking at that final push or that final goal number, that can change over time. You might be at a point where you say that this number, this additional two pounds or the five pounds, I'm going to hit that. And then maybe in three to six months, you reassess that and decide if you do want to lose more weight, if that number is sustainable to you. Because we don't see, like, I think I used to see it as, okay, there's this one number, and then I'll hit that, and that'll be it, like Donald said. And it really can change over time. If your life circumstances change, if you're mentally ready to take on more, because there are times when we just can't, you know, based on having kids or work or whatever, you just can't do any more than you're doing right now, that can change in six months. And you might go, you know, you might actually look at the calendar or use the opportunity of spring forward, fall back as your kind of reassessment of what am I ready for in the season? Because when the days are shorter, when we get back to November and, and the time shifts again, colder months, we're moving less, we're, you know, in snowy, inclement weather or whatever, in Los Angeles, snowy, <laughs> inclement weather, um, you might go into more of a hibernation stage and be at maybe a higher end of your goal weight. And then when spring hits, you might be able to be more active and more outgoing, drink more water, eat more, you know, fresh vegetables. So then that can bring your weight down. So there's never like this one fixed point. But what I will say in terms of not losing weight anymore and being in a position where we're always, you know, for 41 years, I spent my entire time trying to lose weight or looking at a goal number. Yeah. When you hit that goal number, it can be scary because then what is the goal? Like all your life, you've been waiting to hit it. And guess what? When you get to that, at first, it is amazing. That number feels magical. And then we did that episode uh, on the hedonic treadmill where you sort of have this obsession with a destination. And when yeah. you hit that, your final destination, there, I tied it into the title of the oh, podcast. Yeah. I worked it in. But you get there. There's no more accolades. There's no more badges that you get on your Fitbit. People stop telling you you look great. Like, just you're just a normal thin looking person to the outside world and you don't have that big milestone or that attaboy you know pat on the back to keep you motivated which might make you want to gain weight so that you have a goal to lose weight again which uh, a friend of mine called me out on not big appreciation for <laughs> being called out. but it's like you want that you know you're used to the boulder rolling back down the hill so you can push it back up again when you hit your goal weight then that's no longer the 
the goal. The lifestyle is the goal. Yeah, and I think that um, I would like to read something that you actually wrote oh. in answer to one of these questions. Okay. Um, you wrote, I used to see my weight as a destination or finish line, and that's the point I would always stop tracking or splurge for a weekend or a month or start the path to regaining all the weight. This time, I realized that momentum, like riding a bike on a flat road, only happens when I pedal. Your results are a lagging indicator of your efforts. No efforts, no results. I really like that. (laughs) Oh, I'm smarty pants. See, I like writing. It sounds like the person who's the writer me is very different than the talker me who's just like... This is a slide whistle, slide whistle. The results only happen when you pedal. I really, really yeah. enjoy that. It's uh, it's good. Well, and thanks. Thanks for liking me. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, tying that into the hedonic treadmill, it can get boring just to do the work. And so we have done things like adding goals. Like I added a goal to get a certain number of floors every day, like yeah. climbing upstairs, like um, before work was kind of all encompassing, I added strength training and now yeah. I don't do that, but, um, uh, Catherine is still doing like strength training and yoga and, and keeping that up, which is, you know, adding that toning, adding that, that, you know, I can climb upstairs and not, you know, be totally out of breath thing. Like adding goals like that has really helped me to keep the, you know, my in air quotes motivation going. Well, and I think too, I didn't do any resistance training while I was losing. I didn't start doing that until I was in maintenance because having other goals, those are actually things that you can track when your weight isn't moving. So you can track you know, your speed in terms of how many miles, your speed in terms of miles, which is what speed (laughs) is. But you can track, you know, how quickly you can run a mile if that's your thing, how many push-ups you can do, you know. How how long you can do a plank. Right. Your floors. People do things like 5Ks or half marathons so that they can have sort of goals and and things to look forward to. Your flexibility can also matter. Can, oh, yeah. You know, like all of that stuff is what I'm focusing on now when the scale isn't moving because it really means a lot to have flexibility as you're aging. You know, right now I'm in sort of a maybe a, a perimenopause fun time uh, situation. So, so fun. Oh, so fun. Very pleasant. I can blame all of my mood swings on that. But realizing that my flexibility matters, that my mindset matters and doing some meditation, yoga, that's what I'm focusing on right now. And we can set new goals for ourselves that aren't around the exact number on the scale. I'm laughing to myself a little bit because earlier today, Catherine actually said to me that anytime she was annoyed with me, she was going to blame it on having a hot flash for the rest (laughs) of her life. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm annoyed or if it's it's just oh natural me. Oh, I'm pretty annoying. I'm pretty annoying. But there's no set it and forget it. Uh, We enjoy things that rhyme. There's no cruise control when you go to the gas station and you're pumping gas. Your car better not be on cruise control when you're at the gas station. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know when like you are at the gas pump and you use a little clicky thing so you can walk away and do other things because it's very hard to hold that thing for like two minutes to get the gas to come out. There's no point at which we just walk away from it. There there may be magical people out there who are suddenly 
they have lost the weight and then they don't have to think about it. We get to track calories. We get to track our steps. We get to collect data to keep us on track because every time we have lost sight of that in the past, we have started gaining weight again. So we still track, we still get on the scale every week. And like Donald said, we have added resistance training, strength training, which is the same thing. Um, additional cups of coffee. What can you measure? <laughs> How can you make your life better? And we also started this podcast because we know that mindset is one of the biggest obstacles that we've, you know, come across in the past. Yeah, this was sort of one way for me to maintain accountability. If I knew I had to keep coming on this podcast all the time and talking about this, then I knew I had to stay accountable to the people listening, you know, and so it, it has really helped uh, motivate me to keep going. Yeah, and th there was another question on the AMA, which might not be its own podcast about sort of, you know, do you ever just want to stop tracking or stop whatever? I know what happens when I stop tracking. Yeah. I know what happens when I stop getting on the scale, which has happened before. When I start just, you know, taking extra bites, licks and tastes, when I stop working out, when I stop walking, when I think it's too much, I gain weight really quickly. That is one of my superpowers. It really is. And so for me, having a goal weight range has made a big difference. Staying present in my choices, my mindfulness, doing the resistance training, adding yoga, looking at you know a calendar and saying, okay, I've done 20 days of yoga this month. Having those metrics when your number on the scale kind of stays the same, that's what keeps me going. Looking at our, you know, our blood pressure, oh, like yeah. diabetes numbers, all of that matters. This isn't a vanity project. It's a lifestyle maintenance project. And I never consider this dieting. I just see it as weight maintenance, which is a very different mindset because it's not that end quick, it's over with thing. It used to be an over with quick thing. And then I, it would, I would gain weight again. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and now the goal is to be able to walk up the stairs into my 60s, 70s, 80s, like be able to carry my groceries and to to have a thriving old age instead of a doddering old age. Well, no, completely. I mean, and we see people, you know, on, when you go out into the world, we see people who have slowed down and I want to stave that off as long as I can because I used to see it as a short-sighted get it over with and then go back to ordering the full pizza every single night. I thought that thin people just could forget that their weight and eat, you know, donuts all day and they wouldn't gain weight because suddenly you were fixed. Yeah. I am not fixed. I am present in my choices. I have times when I slip back into whole old habits, but instead of waiting six months to a year to correct them, once I'm 20 pounds up the scale, I correct them quickly now. And staying present in accountability groups matters. Staying present with Donald matters. Sure, we have indulgences, but we pay a price for those indulgences very quickly. So they're occasional. And, uh, and that is much different than it was before. So if you are at a point now where even if you are so far away from maintenance, you can't even conceive of a point must be nice to hit your goal weight. The goal weight is one metric. The lifestyle is what we are trying to perpetuate. And we know if we can do it, you can do it too. Absolutely. And thank you so much for staying present with us here by listening to our podcast. Uh, we really appreciate 
every single one of you for listening. Uh, thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out more, you can find it anywhere you found this podcast. You can also find it on our website, weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on Join Our Support Group to find out more information about Walt Place, W-O-L-T Place. It is an accountability and support group for women based on Facebook. It's a small group. It's sort of like going, you're, you're at a very small college. Yeah. You know everybody on campus. You're saying hello to the professors. You're playing frisbee in the quad. That's what Walt Place is in my mind. Uh, but really, it's a place for <laughs> Walt Place. It's like quad frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is a small accountability group uh, where we stay connected with our, our goals and our choices. And uh, it has been really great. So if you want more information on that, we have two subscription plans. We have a monthly plan and a three-month plan each with their own uh, complimentary trial periods to see if Walt Place University is right for you. And Walt plans are both whiz-bang, everyone. (laughs) Uh, So please check them out. If you would like to stay in touch with us, you can do that on the socials uh, at We Only Look Thin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep, you can also send us emails at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. It might take a little bit of time to get back to you, but we do our best to get back to everyone. And before we go further, we once again want to thank Anna and Jesse from Lose Weight, Eat Pizza, also an accountability group on Facebook. Very big. They have about 30,000 members. And you can join that for free. Uh, you can sign up there. There are some questions you have to answer before you can join, and uh, there are some rules you have to follow. Uh, some good ones like, you know, don't talk about any plans that involve eating fewer than 1,200 calories a day, that kind of thing. Um, which, uh, I really, really, uh, like that's a, a heck of a good rule in my book. Um, and, uh, but it's a great group, uh, lots of people there to support you if you want to check that out. And lastly, if you want to help us out and support us, uh, totally free to you, except for just a couple minutes of your time, you can go to Apple podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. The more ratings and reviews that we have, the easier it is for people to find the show because Apple boosts those shows in search results when people are looking for uh, fitness and health podcasts. Yes, and we so appreciate any word of mouth, any uh, sharing the podcast with your friends and family. We so appreciate it. So if you're still not sure if it's a good idea for Catherine to be setting cruise control while she's pumping gas at the (laughs) gas station, just remember that Donald and I are an An inspiration-ation. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.